That's why There's I love no it. Like limit. that's why I love it. I just I just I take a I take a bong rip, I move my guys up. Then the enemy comes to me and I'm like, sweet. Take another rip. I kinda I survey the battlefield see for like going 30 on. minutes. See what your options right? are. See what my options are, and I'm like, okay, here's what we need to do to defeat these it, guys. And yeah. as you get better, you start to feel like a com a commander. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Nature Podcast. We're here in the reactor. We're bumping some tunes. You haven't listened to Hater or Love It by G-Unit in a while. The G-Unit remix. G-Unit remix. remix. I recommend that you go do it. Highly recommend. It absolutely fucking 50 cent. Bangs. Question for you. So hard. Yeah, yeah, please. I love 50. Underrated or overrated? Oh my god, thank you. 50 cent. Oh my god, thank you so much for asking me that question. I think 50 cent is unbelievably underrated and a very, a very polarizing figure. Why? Um, I love his rap music. And I love I love his story, you know, and like how he really he really was like a hustler on the street, and 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 came from nothing. And many many men is my uh, or no sorry, get rich or die trying. I think is one of my favorite rap albums, top five rap album for me. Yeah, it's incredible. I Hate love it or 50. love it is on the next one, Massacre. Really, I don't like Massacre as much as Get Rich or Die Trying. I mean, it's amazing. Um, I love Fifty. I think he's underrated. I think he became so popular. There was a t there was a time where he became so popular that I think people now just write him off because mm -hmm. he was so popular so for like popular. Six, 16 into club remember into club birth birthday PIMP PIMP birthday and I think people were like oh he's, he's just for thirteen Candy year olds shop. or sixteen year olds but yeah. I think that he is just great in terms of like the Dr Dre kind of tree where do you think mm. he oh ranks where do you think God. he ranks I love the Dr Dre Dr Dre yeah. tree um do you put him is he above Marshall Mathers no is he below the Dr Dre I don't think you'd be able to put him above Mathers. Do you know slim what I mean? Shady. Otherwise known. As Otherwise slim. known as Slim Shady. Yeah. But I think I think he's I think he's right up there. If you haven't listened to Get Richard Die Trying in a while, just listen to the whole album. No, what's your gripe today? Yeah. Okay. So my so my my gripe. We decided to go to the other coffee shop today. Not the one. Not the one that we don't like the people, but we get good chai. <laughs> Okay, so we went, Adam, we, we literally sat in the middle of the street and debated for a little bit because I wanted to go to the one that they don't like us but has good chai because mm -hmm. I do it for the podcast, right? Adam wanted to go to the one that they're cool but they have bad chai. So we're like, we're going to try the one that they're cool with bad chai. They are cool. They're, they're cool. cool. Good vibes. So, so let, me, let me just give you the dichotomy. In the cool shop, okay, they play Lord of the Rings as right. their music. It's really cool. Okay, in the bad shop, they play really depressing like versions of Radiohead songs. Radiohead has great songs, but they play like the really depressing ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just like really long. It's, it's, it's a bad vibe. We went to the good shop. Okay. With a good vibe and we got chai. And let me just tell you, that will be the last time we go there because they're chai drinking it now. It does not have the same kick as the other shop. That's my gripe. Like what do you think about that? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with the dichotomy. You either get a good vibe and experience when you go to the right side or you get better chai and a worse kind of experience. Yeah. The and left side. And, and and just just here here's the here's the thing yeah. here's the thing is that you know we want to give this podcast we we need to we need to perform and so at the end of the day it it's performance for me 
I'm going to have to take the better chai. It's a performance issue. It's a performance issue. I totally agree. You know what I mean? Like the, it might suck the experience of getting the chai, but I'm going to take the better chai. When we stop the podcast and we go back to the locker room, kind of shower and yeah, shower up and you know, the trainers come in and, the media, and they rub and us the down comes in, after the ice bath. You know, they, they offer us the good chai, right? Absolutely. They don't mess around this level of professionalism. No, no, no. no. At this, at this level, at this level that this podcast is, right. you don't, you don't mess with what got you here. Uh, Do you my, know what got us to greatness? My gripe today yeah, is just the level of complication that life is in general. And to give an example of this, I'm experiencing this problem with my carnivorous plants. So on the, surf, so on <laughs> like the, sur- that's on the your, surface... That's your example for this. Yeah, yeah. On the surface, it's like, okay, so you, it seems easy, right? You get a carnivorous plant, just water it. But then when you really start to get into something, anything in life, like whether you're making a cabinet, you're growing carnivorous plants... You're, you know, learning like our mom is learning to type up a word document. Things are just way more complicated than they seem. Like the carnivorous plants, they need a specific type of soil with peat moss and orchid bark. I found out they also need to be sitting in like an inch of water. Exactly. And as I'm finding out now, because all my pitchers are dying, my pitcher plants, my Nepenthes, tropical pitcher plant, they need to be in a humid condition. So they need to be in a terrarium. So we just took something that seemed very simple. But actually, it's quite complicated to grow these things. And I just wish sometimes that life was a lot simpler. Yeah. And let me say, every single time I come over to Adam's place, yeah. he wants to show me his carnivorous plants. And it's underwhelming. While I appreciate the effort, they're just a, it's underwhelming right now. But I don't think that you should stop. Like, you've got you've to see this out Yeah. at this point. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. If you had the better chai, it would have been cute a little faster. Hey. No, let's play a game. Let's play a little game. Do you know what a micro hike is? I've told you what a micro hike is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you like, while you're on a hike, you like... You like look at something by inch long segments. Yeah. Can you explain to the listener better than that? So when you're on a hike sometimes... When you're looking at the forest, it looks like what's called a green blur. Everything's just blending together and you're not really seeing the kind of amazing amount of organic life that you could. And the shit that's going down, you know, like kind of like when you learn about one plant and you go back to the forest and you see that plant, you're like, oh, it's so much cooler because you have like a relationship with that plant. Yeah. Um, A micro hike is when you just take your shoelace or take like the length of your backpack, put it on the ground and you just like look at the ground super closely and walk the length of the backpack. With your eyes. That is exactly what it sounds like. And then when you look up, everything just starts popping because you come, you were so focused. It's amazing. And then you look up and you can see all the details and everything. Right. It, it, may, it makes your brain switch, it like switch on its detail mode. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, then you look at this micro, there's like the macro environment and you look at this little micro environment. Then you see all these micro environments in that macro environment when you look up. So the reason that I wanted to ask you about micro hikes is because... One thing that you can do during this winter period where it looks like we're going to be inside for at least a couple more months. Yeah, we're right? being fucking inside. Let me tell you. Um, is a micro hike on your carpet. <laughs> Just put, <laughs> put yourself down on the carpet and walk a foot with your eyes and really get into the carpet and see what's in there. Or get a house plant. Yeah. And micro hike your house plant. Micro hike your, micro hike your dog's fur. That's what I was about to say. Micro hike your dog or house plant. Yeah, exactly. Good game too. Um, no, what's our topic today? Hey guys, our topic today is the winter 
reading list. Winter okay. Reading list. And especially we're we're gonna go over we're gonna go over video games, board games, books, and sick shit. Category sick shit. Category of sick all shit. stuff that that we recommend because you know what, guys, it's winter. It's cold. And guess what? I have news for you. It's also Rona. So not only is it winter, but it's Rona. So we're gonna be inside even more than we were previously. Yeah, we got more Rona. So coming we got up. more guess Rona. What? So me and Adam were like, let's do an episode. Let's tell the people what we do to stay entertained inside. Right. Because we've already been inside for about a year from Rona. So now, so now, now we're, now we're digging. <laughs> we know that everyone's digging deep. Yeah. So we just want to help you guys dig. Do you guys know when you dug really deep to find shit to do? Well, <laughs> we're going to have to keep going. Yeah, we've got to keep just going. Just keep digging because we've got to keep finding shit. So we got some cool shit. I think, I think you guys will like a lot. I'm excited for it. Adam. Yeah. Begins that don't suck. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three, two, one. Look. Okay. We've been inside. A fucking lot this year because there's a thing called <laughs> Rona, right? Hopefully we're getting out of Rona because there's a glorious new president named Joe Biden. Uncle hopefully. Joe. Uncle Joe. He will lead us out, hopefully. Really pretty dog. Uh, the great indoors, questionable. Those dogs, questionable rescue dogs. Absolutely questionable. So he handsome. says the rescue. They're a little handsome to They're be rescue dogs. They're extremely handsome rescue okay, dogs. Did you rescue them from the breeder yeah, did that you, you got them from? It was like a $2,000 rescue. <laughs> right? There's some handsome ass <laughs> dogs. Let me just say. Uh, the great indoors has been greatly explored recently. And it looks like there's going to be a few more months of exploration, <laughs> at least. So we wanted to do this episode because it's a really fun one. And to talk about what we've been doing with our free time and what we recommend, you should check out as well. And also, if you have anything for us to check out, please drop us a line. We'd uh, love to hear it because we're digging too. 100%. We're digging deep. Yeah. Guys, our theme for this episode. I love that we have a theme. Okay. Our theme for this episode is basically, it's Corona winter. And we're all going to need some shit to do. That's my timer. Hello. And now it's off. It's winter corona, and we're going to need shit to do. So here it is. Ready? Adam, you want to start off? Start, we're going to start off with a category of video games. Okay, you want to start with video games. You ready? Give it to the people. Yep. Your favorite video game. Okay. So, shit. Um, there, I, the one that I'm hoping you're going to do, I didn't do. I'm doing it. So don't, don't even fucking worry. Okay. I would never, I would not commit sacrilege so like I that. Went, I went a little bit alt, but the sad part about this is that I've been playing a lot of video games, especially last year. Um, I usually just for listener on Friday or Saturday, I'll have a real session. And what is a real session? No, yeah. tell the people what a real game. Session so when is. me and Adam say a real session, what that means is that at, at the maximum latest time, like really nine o'clock, honestly, is the maximum latest time you're in your co- late, you're in your cockpit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lights are off girlfriend fiance or whatever they're put away they're put away they're sleeping they're, they're away watching they're in show, the bed watching, watching the show. show they're away right and it's just you maybe your dog next to you possibly the, the only dog. company that a man really wants only <laughs> you your dog and the video game okay right. and you're fucking locked in you're locked and you're like i'm going till two in the morning but really we're really going till three yeah and then no, we're really three. going till four if it's a good game it's till three if it's a good game, it's still three. When we were younger, man, we used to do four. I can't, I can't hit four anymore. Unfortunately, we're just old. I know, but now, yeah, that's a session. If I'm not having fun, if if it's not like really gripping me now, one, 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 I'll start. Come fifteen. Also, obviously, yeah. you have a lot of weed yeah. and dip, tons of dip weed. and chewing. But if I like the game, three o'clock every time. I'm stopping at three. three yeah, is, yeah, yeah, three is the cutoff. Yeah, and to be honest, as we'll get into this year, it's been um. It's been a tough year for games. Right. So that when I was doing the video games, I was actually kind of disappointed. I was like, I spent so much time on these sessions just playing games that I guess I wouldn't even recommend. Like, that's kind of, that's when I start to think like, oh my God, is the video game thing just a compulsive thing? You know, am I even enjoying it that much? 
but I think that I I enjoy I enjoy a great game an absolute ton. I have a lot of fun with a great game. Unfortunately, there is a lot of bad games that I kind of think I just compulsively play that aren't really that much fun. I'm glad because now we can tell the listener what not to play because we've played a ton of games that were bad this year. Um, we've yeah we've been hitting up the Game Pass okay to see what's up up there. Some winners, some losers. But the game I want to recommend is a little bit alt. But I'm recommending this game because and I thought about this really hard. I'm sure that everyone who plays this game will get something out of it and will be engrossed by it. And it's like it's an amazing game, and you'll just really like it. Okay, so the game is called Inside. Oh, have you, have you heard of it, Noah? Yes, definitely. Okay. Inside, if you've been kind of researching, like, what are the some of the best video games the last 10 years, this will probably be on some of those lists. It is a puzzle platformer adventure game where the player plays as a boy in a dystopian world solving environmental puzzles while avoiding dying. Okay, so what makes this game unique? Yes. It's two things. Number one is the way it looks. It looks, when you're playing... Like you're in some sort of a Vincent Van Gogh-esque painting. And that there's washes of color everywhere. And the game uses like shadow and light amazingly well to give it this kind of somber and macabre feeling. It's an incredible use of space and design and detail. And it also uses height. And it also uses um, sound. The sound design is amazing. If you have speakers, turn those all the way up with the bass because... There are some incredible sounds in this game, from like a submarine's propeller to a nuclear uh, bomb blast. And I don't want to give too much away of this game. It's a rather short game. It's like, I think it took me about 10 hours to finish. So it's not going to eat up all your time, but you will definitely remember this game. And the second reason that you'll remember it is because the level design of this game is like nothing I've ever seen before. It is unbelievable. Um, it never gives you any instructions about what to do at all. And it never even calls the levels actual levels. Each part of the game, it takes always takes like a few tries to figure out what's going on. And it's unbelievable how well designed each part of the game is so that I never felt stuck, ever. And I never felt like the game was unfair. So at the end, I completely trusted the game to just deliver this experience. And I, and I was just along for the ride. Oh, you're really into this one. Oh yeah, it's an amazing game. Do you think that I would like it? I think that you would appreciate it as being like a really amazing achievement. That's cool. But but I w- would you like it? It's like a really interesting game. I think that you would like it because it's hard. It's a hard game. When I yeah, the, I I really want to. I do really want to play it. But when I see it, I see that it's like it's a little it's a little melancholy. It's a little melancholy. It's a you little. Know, dark. I don't like things that are melancholy. It's it's a little dark. So, um, the thing I remember about this game like the most is that the story of the boy, he's investigating a secret facility, right, that harbors this really dark secret. And at the end, it has a wild twist, absolutely wild twist that you don't see so coming. the story's good too. Really good story. So you should probably have something planned for after you finish the game, like maybe an episode of The Office, because it's it's quite dark okay. and strange. In your sessions, yeah. did you play this and then play like FIFA, FIFA afterward to yeah. like to wash it away? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, because the end is like really like, whoa, what just happened? I think about the end a lot still. So when you play the game, do you have to like decompress at like one? At there, one in the morning, you switch to the a thief? Little, it's not like a gross ending. It's not like a scary ending. It just makes you think a little bit. It'll make you think. Um, That's cool. And yeah, once again, just the level design is it's amazing. It's amazing that there's no, there's no instructions the entire game. And the levels are just designed so well that they're hard. 
but you can figure them out if you think enough. That's really dope. How much? How much is the game, and where can where can people I, get it? I think that the game is uh, ten dollars, ten or fifteen dollars. Is it on Game Pass? It is. It was on Game Pass. I don't think it's there anymore. Okay, I don't think it's there anymore. But it's worth a buy. Play the game and let me know. It's fantastic. Love it. Yeah. What's yours? Um. So before I get into mine, sorry, I just, the game is called Inside. By the way, once again, before I get into mine, I just want to touch on that. It's been a tough year for games. I think one that one of the reasons is that because we are between consoles. Um, obviously you probably know that the Xbox X it la- it launches tomorrow. Oh yeah, I agree. on November tenth. I agree with you. It's been weird. So so last time we were in between consoles, um, it oh, it was a while ago, but it was also like a very bad year for games. And the reason, obviously, you can think is that a lot of the main games that are coming out, they don't want to have to develop them for this old console and this new console. That's twice as much work. Yeah, that's yeah. so they're just like fuck it. We're gonna we're just gonna wait. And so it's been kind of a game desert for a while. And Rona hit. And so Rona. Got, yeah, and Rona. So you guys are going to really need the games. Um, also with the Xbox Series X, just <laughs> I just want to touch on this. It's either $39.99 a month for 24 months or it's 500 bucks up front to buy it. Again, Holy shit. Get it launches tomorrow. It's 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Wait, that seems like way too high of a price point. I mean, is the price point that people are going to pay for it. Really? Our, our not, <laughs> really? Really? I mean, let's see how much my UK lawyer is, and then, <laughs> and then, and then we'll see how much how yeah. much we're willing to pay doesn't for the Xbox Series X. Doesn't that sound high to you? It sounds a little high to me. I don't know. Just you with your retail experience brain. Where does that that price point? How does that sound I to love you? It. To to be honest with you, yeah, it's just you just push the price until people stop buying. Well, I know, but and and I think that people and I think that people at five hundred, they're gonna buy it. Jesus Christ! That's all and that's like. the and that's why they're going to put it there. Let me just say that the thirty nine ninety nine a month for twenty four months that comes out to eventually eight hundred and forty dollars. Oh, so do not do the monthly payment. Just don't do it because you'll basically be paying for two Xbox Xs then. Okay. Don't do it. Okay. Anyway, on, on to my game. On okay. Game. This is the game. It's really the game that me and Adam have been like really adi- really addicted to, and I would say that you know we play a lot of games. We love gaming. But this is the only one this year that I've really felt the uh, the push. You felt like the the four AM like, push, like 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 where I'm just like I'm just it's in the middle of the week and I'm supposed to be thinking about oh, work yeah. no, and I'm really no. just like thinking about this game. That's when you know the game is good. That's the that's test. when you know that's when the test. That's when, when you know it's work, good. You're doing work, but all you can think about is this game. I'm like, yeah, I should be doing work, but like I'm just gonna think. About. So the game is XCOM two. Did you think that was it? I don't know why I didn't think of it, but I'm, I'm really glad you did XCOM you, 2. I know which one you thought of. We'll, we'll do an honorable mention. Okay, okay I ahead. know which one you thought of. Go ahead. Okay, so XCOM 2, baby. First of all, this game is $9 on Amazon, and for nine for or just for $9, you're going to get about 100 hours of sick playtime. More. You can get more. You can get fucking more, honestly. So, what is, what is first of all, what is XCOM 2? And when I say this to you, don't get, like, discouraged. Or not discouraged, but like put off, okay? So it's a turn-based military combat game where you're like a, a bunch of... But it's like you against the aliens, okay? And what's really, really cool about it is I call this game like a, a chill and play game in that let's say you're playing like Call of Duty, okay? Or you're playing FIFA or 2K or whatever you're playing. It's really cool, but you got to be you know up by the screen. It's kind of stressful. You got to be ready to go. The great part about XCOM 2 is that what I like to do is I like to get my bong, okay, or I like to get a pipe, and I can play this game, and since it's turn-based, I can relax, take a couple rips on my bong, and think about my next turn. By the way, that bong is about three feet. 
in length, three or four feet. We should plus. probably put that on the Instagram. Be really big. Yeah, I'll be on Instagram. Yeah, it'll be big on Instagram. Ass bong. Um, big ass bong. So anyway, XCOM two. It's like really, 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 really awesome chess. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like if chess was unbelievably cool, and you could just chill and smoke and play. It's a good way to put and th- it. And think about strategy in your head, and think about all the all the sick shit. I've played about fifty hours of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's a ton because I my attention span with games is not long. It's even even when they're even when they're good, I move on. Right. Um, and you have no tolerance for menus. Or tinkering. Exa- You're not I, tinkering. Yeah, right. exactly. Me and Adam, here's where me and Adam differ. Adam likes to tinker. I hate to tinker. Love, love I, tinker. I just, I'm about that action. I, I just want to, I want to turn on the game and get into the action or else I'm not playing it. A lot of people agree with you. A lot of people think that video games should not have menus because what's the point? I just think that video games are for relaxing and when they have too much menus, it's like, well, I'm working now. So I might as well just work. It's a to-do list. It's right. a to-do list. Right. I might as well just go work. Okay. Let me just say, um... This game, this game is unbelievable. One of the things that makes this game unbelievable is that it is so, so, so hard. Yeah. Okay? So when you play it, here's what you're going to do. You put it on normal, and you're going to put it on Iron Man. And what is Iron Man? Iron Man means that it auto-saves. So you can never take a move that you do back. Okay? So now imagine chess, right? If you do a bad move in the game, right? What can happen is that, like, so some games, I've been, like, 20 hours into, like, one game run, and I've made a bad move. And that has basically cascaded to me just having to quit because I basically I it was game over for me. Right, one false um, move, one, one man, one, one like what does that false move look yeah, like? Yeah, so you're game? like a group. You have like a group of like five squads that you can upgrade, five personnel, and you got to get through these missions. Okay, so one bad move could be like your highest ranked dude gets killed, and you can't take it back because it's auto saving. And because your highest ranked dude gets killed, you're unable to beat any of the missions you're on right now. So you're you're effed. You're effed. Okay. Right. It feels like you have limited resources against an alien horde with tons right. of like. It's feel you're the power. under you're the resistance. You're the underdogs. Okay. It's a very hard and game. It's a very hard game. And you really have to get good at really good to beat the game and strategically think about it. And I think that the coolest thing for me was that I was like 40 hours in and I was still getting better at the game. Like you could just look at my my like the gameplay stats you have per mission. And see that like I had gotten way better, and you learn different strategies, and you're just getting better all the time at it. One thing that you you were big on that you educated me on in the beginning yeah. was moving your squad together. Do not absolutely firing move lines a man or woman away firing from lines. his his friends, yeah, or her friends. As I told Adam, the lone the lone soldier is dead. Is dead. Yeah, automatically in the game. Get slurped up by a, a little cobra. Slurped a snake, up an alien snake. Yeah, poison gassed, mecked. So anyway, guys, get this game. It's unbelievable. Again, play it, pl- play it on normal and play it on Iron Man. Even if you're an unbelievable gamer, play it on normal and play it on Iron Man. Okay, it'll ask you in the menu, and it will be a real fucking challenge for it. In fact, I played 50 hours. I still haven't beaten beaten it. Adam has beaten it. And oh. I, th- I think that the cool thing about this game is like it's one of those games that if you do beat on Iron Man, it is an achievement. It's absolutely an accomplishment. It's an absolute accomplishment. And yeah. this is great for for winter. It Rona. felt great because the the last level is unbelievably difficult. Yeah, I I think it's great for winter Rona too. It's not an right. on it's not an online game. But like you said, like the the unique part of the game, I think, is that you can just chill because it's turn based. Right between your turns, you know, and take a rip and have a think, have a real think about what you're gonna do. That's There's why no I love it. Like that's why I love it. I just I just I take a I take a bong rip. I move my guys up. Then the enemy comes to me, and I'm like, sweet. 
taking out the rip. I kind of I survey the battlefield see for like going 30 on. minutes. See what your options right? are. See what my options are. And I'm like, okay, here's what we need to do to defeat these it, guys. And yeah. as you get better, you start to feel like a, com a commander because you're like, <laughs> I we're moving like a fucking unit. Like now we're moving like a unit. My guys are moving like a unit. It might okay. be the best high game of all time. I think it's the best smoking game of all because it's a chill and smoke. A chill and play. As as we like to say. And I like to rhyme. Yeah. Okay. Um, honorable mention. I just want to mention uh, Subnautica. Yeah. Okay. Go. Which is an unbelievable open world game and sick ocean ecosystem. But we won't go too much into it. But Very cool game about exploring the ocean. Unbelievable game about exploring the ocean. So grab yeah. that one. But, you know, XCOM's really the fucking game. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Board games. Okay. Let's go to board games. Adam. Um, You probably did this one. The best version of I did the too. Don't worry. Okay. The best version of this game is I'm playing online on Steam and Noah and I and our friend Brendan, we play this game probably like every other Friday, basically together. We played 30 games. And the game, we played 30 games of this. And we can, one of the cool parts is that we can see all our stats. And you're probably wondering what the fuck the game is. And the game is called <laughs> Scythe. Okay. Scythe, like the, uh, the thing you use for farming that can also be used as a weapon. And yep, that's important exactly. because that's what the game is about. Uh, basically, so the setting is Europe is in the aftermath of what looks like World War II, I think, and has been turned back into a farming society. So you play as one of five factions in the later seven, if you get the expansions, with designs to farm and conquer the region. Um, it's unique because it is a very challenging game to win, and winning feels great. It's basically like a chess situation. Um, it is also very difficult and hard to learn without being overly complicated. And I think that that is what makes the best board games, right? If the board game is too complicated, you're just not going to play it. But this game is just the right amount of complicated. So you're going to play it. And it's also very difficult to get better at it. It's so difficult. In fact, that online, they have a ranking system, just like chess. So if you have the, right. the chess ranking and I am ranked solidly higher than Noah or Brandon. Yeah. I just want to say that the, one of the funnest play, things about this game is because it keeps all of your stats and and your like ranking is like you can see which of you which if you're playing with your friends all the time which one of you actually is the best at the game and which one of you is ranking higher. So like when you lose, it's a big deal because your ranking drops and your friends will shit on you. Yeah, let me tell you, it's just like chess. It's almost impossible to beat someone that's a lot better than you. Uh, we still can't figure it out. So sometimes, yes, I keep saying we're playing on computers. It's an actual board game, but the online version of the game is really easy to play and fun and done very well. So we usually play it online because it's fucking Rona, right? We all can't really be in the same room. Um, what we'll do if someone else that's not, you know, one of us is winning, like the fourth player, we'll just decide to gang up <laughs> on them and just attack them every time and they will still beat us. Yeah. Because they're just better than us and we don't understand what we're doing. So that's so that's one of the things that if you play, first of all, online board games, while you might be like turned off a little bit and and would we have played online board games if there wasn't Rona? Probably never. Never. But here's the thing. You know those board games that are too, that are so complex, they're not actually fun to play? Oh yeah. Okay, as it turns out, when you put those board games online and you automate all the bullshit, they actually then become unbelievably the setup, fun. The cleanup. The setup. The cleanup. The rules. The rules. Moving the pieces. Like dealing with all that shit. It becomes super fun online and they're actually perfect for online. Better. They're better, better. online. Yeah. You you might have played Catan online. You know, I wouldn't fun. play this game not online. No, it Fuck might be that. a little too complicated to play offline. It'd take like five hours. It would. But online, these games are quick. They're like they're an hour. I mean, everyone has a certain amount of time. Yeah, I think the time limit is awesome too because after you're done with a turn, 
it comes right back because you have such a such a little bit of time that you got to figure it out. Once it's like again, lightning chess. Another great way to smoke smoke weed. Okay, you wait for your turn, take a little Ripstein. Everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah, all about you know, what games can you smoke weed with? Uh, what do you do for your board game? Um, I love Scythe. Let me just say. Okay, so for for my board game, I had to do it. You know what I did? Okay, I, I did. I did. No, I actually did another online board game. Did you? Yeah, I did Dominion. I, ha- oh. I literally had to. There's like oh. no way I, I could not include. I there's not no way I could not include this. Okay? okay. So if you guys, if you need a game for the whole family, right? And I, I get it. You know, you're like online board game. Let me just tell you, online board game. It takes care of all the, all the bullshit. You can play offline too. We have all the offline versions. <laughs> we bought all the offline versions too. But online, it takes care of all the rule looking up, all the bullshit. It's actually like way nicer and. And we have been in the same room and literally played on our laptops together, which you might say that's sad. We used to play every Friday. We used to play this game with our mom and sister. Let me tell you online for six months. We play with our mom, sister and friend scamp for six, seven months every single Friday. That's how replayable and good this game is. That's how replayable this game is. And that's how good it is. Also, it shows that it's boomer proof dominion. It's called dominion. It's also boomer proof. So if your parents need a game to play like you need to like they're like sad in their house get them get them to play this game it's boomer proof sort of i mean has has our mom won one game in seven months yes has she yes she won she won one with the death cart okay yep she won one but anyway this game is unbelievable also should i say this game is free it's literally free just go to just type in dominion and and go and it's completely free if you want all the expansions of which there are 21 of them which makes it absolutely infinitely replayable. It's three. It's three bucks. What's the theme of the game? The th- What's the vibe? Thank you. Yeah, the the vibe is like almost game of Game of Thronesy. No, it's not game Renaissance game. You know, medieval Renaissance Game of Thronesy. That whole thing. Yeah, that whole thing. Right. It's magic shit. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. But on a great game to play for everyone, and rounds are about thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Thirty forty five minutes. You'll get much better at the game as you progress, and it's a great time for the whole family. Boomer, kind of as boomer proof as you're gonna get. Yeah, but okay? not really. I mean, nothing is boomer proof online. But <laughs> I, I tried, I tried, I tried to do to get mom on a Google Calendar yesterday. We we're trying to plan on Thanksgiving. I tried yeah. to get mom on Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. I ended up just giving up and screenshotting her the calendar as I updated it. That's the spirit. Yeah. Okay. Books. Okay. Well, let's start off with our fiction books. Okay. We do the fiction and nonfiction. Fiction for and a nonfiction. For the fiction book, I am going to recommend a book series. It's three books. It is not finished yet, this series, and it's painful that it is not finished. So if that's a problem for you, don't read this series. If you get like way too into it and you're going to be really, really sad, uh, you might want to check yourself on this one. But I couldn't recommend this series more. The first book is called The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. And it's sort of like a grown-up Oliver Twist set in kind of a cooler version of Venice. Like there's boats. There's a lot of monsters in the water there's like pirates but it's like a uh, like a gentleman-y kind of esque victorian vibe to it sick venice sick venice so a great fantasy book it does not have swords and dragons which for me is a huge plus for a fantasy book because all the swordy dragony magic thing it kind of for me just blends together i'm not <laughs> exactly super into it and this one doesn't do sword dragon magic and it doesn't do magic until the end and the magic is the worst probably the worst part of it um, yeah, very unique is that it's also a heist book. So if you like oceans 11 and stuff like that, you might really like this book as well. Um, the dialogue in this book is like nothing I've ever read before. 
And that's why I like it so much. It sounds so, so good. A lot of fantasy. It just suffers from horrible dialogue that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sound like it would ever take place in the real world. And and they're playing like very rote characters that you've seen. So sometimes like a lot of these fantasy authors, not maybe not like 80% of them, but probably 50% of them are like very experienced with Dungeons and Dragons. And so that they end up like creating these worlds and then they end up kind of being authors. Like that's happened with a lot of the authors we've read. And then their dialogue kind of suffers, I feel, because they only focus on building out the world. But this guy, Scott Lynch, he's fucking great at writing dialogue. It sounds like we're talking. It sounds like me and you talking in a fantasy book, which is amazing. So it's also funny. It's lighthearted. Uh, it's pretty intense at, intense at times, and it's really good balance. That's why I love it. You lo- you love this series. You love this series. Yeah, let me say, this book was so good that, you know, like a page turner, right, where you can't stop reading it? Yeah. I literally couldn't stop. I had to having my alarm set at four o'clock in the morning so that every night I could just literally get a couple few hours of sleep because I would stay up till four reading this book, this series. So the first one's called the lies of Locke Lamora. And the second one is called, um, well, it's called the gentleman Bla- bastard series, right? Scott Lynch gentleman bastard series. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I was like, what's the name of the series? I totally forgot that one. And it's um, dope. fantastic book. Do you have anything to say about it? I so so I really loved it, and I, but I you wouldn't recommend it. No, 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 no hold on. I, I really loved it, and I actually think that we read a fantasy book afterward. After we read this, we read another fantasy book, and you can just see the separation of quality in between in between these the books, authors. In between, the, in authors. between the, authors. the authors, like these books, which are amazing, and then in between a newer fantasy author that just really didn't have it yet. Those books but, are but called ha- the Blood and Sand Trilogy. The books that we said didn't have it yet are called the yeah. Blood and Sand Trilogy, where I see some potential, but that those books didn't uh, write. You know, how much have you thought about the Blood and Sand Trilogy after you read it? I'm really happy it's over, and I haven't I'm happy it's over, and I actually didn't even finish the it. The thing is that, honestly, just like a podcast, I want to hang out with the book. Like, I want to have fun hanging out with the characters in the book. That's huge for me. I yes. can't just be like, I don't like being here. I don't, especially during Rona, you're just like, if it's too, too dark, it's like, wh- why totally. exactly am I here? You know totally. what I mean? It's like, it's like, this isn't even fun. I'm not even having a good time. Not even having a good time. Lies in Locke Lamora, I feel like it like, you know, it's intense, but it keeps the fun. It keeps the fun. It, absolutely. It's like an Ocean's Eleven style kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. On. I love it. I love it. Um, Okay. My book. Okay. And this is an absolute classic and an absolute banger. Okay. Sometimes you just want this is a classic banger. It's a classic banger. Okay, it should be a classic. It should be up there with Lord of the Rings. It should be up there with Harry Potter. That's how much I th- how good I think this is. Okay, it's Peter Brett's Adam. Oh, here we go. Peter Brett's The Warded Man trilogy. Oh, okay. I don't feel like even though this gets a lot of love, What's it doesn't get the love that it deserves. What is the actual name of the trilogy? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. <laughs> Okay, the demon cycle. The demon cycle. The okay, demon the first cycle. The demon cycle. The first book is called The Warded Man. Let me let me just say that it is the best fantasy book I've read, best fantasy series I've read that is not Harry Potter, that is not Lord of the Rings, and I don't even think Lord of the Rings is that good of a book, honestly. Why do you feel that way, and what is it about? Um, okay, so it's about this world that it's about this world where demons are popping up out of the ground. Okay, the human population is dwindling, and it's basically hopeless. Okay, eventually the humans are, are, are going to die. In comes the hero of the story, Arlen Baines. Okay, farm boy. He's out in the middle of the country. They're getting terrorized by demons every night. Hundreds of pages later, he becomes a boss. But I'll let you, I'll let you read it. Okay, this book has, what, Adam, four or five books? 
Oh, I think it has like seven books. I think it has five. No, I th- I think I'm it, pretty sure it's five. Are you right? I don't know. Anyway, we we read all of them. I fucking loved it. They're long books too. They're, they're long, long books, and they're great. but they're long and they're unfucking real. Great books. Okay, so if you need a trilogy, a fantasy trilogy, and you're like, I just want to read the best one that I know will be a banger. I can guarantee a banger. Okay, what do you, what do you call a five book series? A quin a quintilogy, a quadrilogy, four quad quint five quint quintet, a quintet. No idea. Quintet. Okay. Anyway, um, is there lots of sick violence? There's lots of sick violence. Is there sick stories, characters you can root for? Sick. Absolutely. Is there lots and lots of sex? 100%. Yeah. Is there sick magic in a sick world? 100%. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Book two is our favorite for sure. I just want to say, okay. And I'm, and I want to say for the book, once you read it, you'll know this. I'm a man who stands in the night. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, Dalsharam. Great, great series of books. Really good. And it, you're right. It doesn't get the respect it deserves. Doesn't. For some reason, you don't find it anywhere on Why recommendations or Why does he get any, like, respect? I don't know. It's because I think that people just want to say, like, the uh, the hits. They just want to say, like, Brandon Sanderson and, like, but, okay. Patrick Rothfuss books and, like, stuff like that that people know about. But this is a deeper cut, but it's a fantastic series. I want to quantify, too. I want to say that we've read a shit ton of fantasy, and I've read I've read Sanderson. Okay, I've tried to read Hob. I've, I've tried to read Robert Jordan, right? And th- those are like the three, like, you know, when you go to use bookstore and you have literally the a shelf full dogs. of the three top dogs. I don't think their shit is very good. I don't. It's not interesting at all. Why do you like this series so much besides all the awesome shit that you mentioned? I like this series because it just, it first of all, it ends. It does on, on like a Brandon Sanderson series that's like 15 books and still going. If there's no end, so sometimes if there's no ending for these authors, they don't give you anything. You don't get anything till book seven. Right. Okay. This one actually ends. So you're going to get a lot of shit all the time. Okay. Leash dog is a fox. That's all I have to say. Yeah. You'll see who she is. All right. Hey, Adam, nonfiction. All right. Nonfiction books. Okay. This book is written by an author that I have written for. For a long time, I ride for him. Okay, and it took you a long time to read his seminal text, "Empire of the Summer Moon." Oh, did you end up reading that book? Let me tell you. But I'm not recommending that book. Okay, I just want to tell you, I'm on my fourth try. Okay, no, actually, actually, realistically, I'm on my third try trying to read through it. I have gotten to basically the same same spot, which is three quarters of the way through, and I'm not going to make it. The author, (laughs) the author's name is S. C. Gwynn. Okay, and Empire of the Summer Moon is a pretty well-known, uh, borderline famous book about the Comanches in northern Texas and their history. And ever since I read that book, that book blew me away by how amazingly detailed his reporting was. So he used to be a reporter in Dallas. So he's very good at writing about issues that apply to the southern states. And when I was living in Texas, I read a lot about, I read Lone Star or the majority of Lone Star, yeah, which okay. is like a 2,000-page book about Texas. If you can get through Lone Star, then, You're then you yourself are a Lone Star. You are a Lone Star. You are a Lone Star because you've been able to read the 10,000, 2,000 page you history of Texas. You actually get a plaque in the state, Texas State Capitol. That says, you, I read it. all so of I Lone read Star. I read all of Lone Star. Just kind of like I read all of the Alexander Hamilton book, which I tried to read and literally, I'm, it's so boring. So he's knowledgeable about things pertaining to the South and pertaining to the Plains area. So like Texas, Oklahoma, stuff like that. So there's not a lot of people like him. And this book that I'm going to recommend is a book that he wrote um, like five years back, and it's called The Perfect Pass. And it's an amazing book. It's basically the money ball for a football situation. Um, 
It's about a small college in Iowa led by Hal Mummy, who is the subject of the book, the main subject, who rein- basically like reinvented football from running to passing, basically in generally how I would describe it. So before him, people were basically just running into each other every play. And after him, you get to like the modern day NFL. By the way, I'm not a football fan. Yeah, neither, like are, by the way, we're not football fans. This, this at all. So good. But it's amazing. The uh, It's a story of innovation, really. Just like Moneyball, where like he had so many critics saying like, you're, this isn't even manly. Like you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to pass every play. Like, you know, and he, the recruits that he got at this school were just nobodies. And he turned the, like he, he established incredible records with these basically uh, scrub level recruits that nobody wanted him. I also just, I've always found college football really interesting in like the recruiting um, about how these coaches have to, they drive to the high schools, they make a pipeline. Like they're always building relationships with the high school coaches and the parents and like the boards of these schools to make kind of like a feeder program for their university. I think that that's really interesting. And if you like that, you will love this book. Um, so what makes this really unique and what makes his kind of reinvention unique is that they don't have a playbook. They just change their plays based on what the defense set. And back then that was completely revolutionary. So he took it and he just deconstructed the sport and he basically hacked the sport. And then you get to like the air, he invented what's called the air raid offense, which is basically a spread passing offense, which is what you see in the NFL today, which everyone uses. And he invented it. He's not very well known. And he took him like 20 years of grinding it out in Texas high schools to be given a chance, like at the University of Kentucky, to like <laughs> show how good he was. Also, what's really cool is that you might know who, do you know who Mike Leach is? I've heard the name. If I don't you watch football. Call, okay, if, if you, you watch football, you'd know If who you've he been was. to a college, Division One college, and watched any college football, you definitely know who that is. He's quite a character. He coaches at Washington State now. He used to coach at Texas Tech in Lubbock. Um, he was a lawyer. Had never played college football, <laughs> had no interest in football, and Hal Mummy hired him to be his assistant because he just thought so differently, and he liked yeah. and he liked Jimmy Buffett, and basically this guy Mike Leach is now like one of the most famous college football coaches still coaching right now. Who does he, like, he coach now? He coaches uh, Washington State now. And he does the same thing. He gets like these shitty recruits, and he makes them makes their teams are unbelievable at passing, and offense. Um. So one of the, Mike Leach, like I was saying, he's an absolute character. One of his quotes is, I do have a Viking axe by the bed if I need to whack someone. My wife bought me a Viking axe. The axe side curls down so you can grab the adversary around the neck and you can use it to climb walls as a grappling hook. So he's like literally not a real football coach. He's just some like, he's really wild, but he coaches football at the same time. His quotes are unbelievable. And he took how mummies like, um, he took his, his learnings and he just blew it up into this unbelievable offense. And how many people hated them for doing this, for passing, is insane. Especially in Texas, where people were like, we won't send you recruits because you don't play football. You're not even playing real football. And it's just like about how you innovate in any kind of field and the haters that, that show up. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love the, I love the book. It's called The Pitch That pass. Well. The Perfect Pass. Now I want to read it. I hope you do. That was good. Hey. Yeah. Okay, my book, my, my nonfiction book, you're going to like this. Okay, you're going to be happy that I picked this one. Okay, it's called Red Notice, right? Oh, yeah. And what is Red Notice the about? The Browder. The Browder. The Browder himself. Okay, what, it, what, is, what is Red Notice about? So basically, after 
in in Soviet Russia, when the economy went into the tank, okay, there was a ton of opportunity for people to make money. So Red Red Notice is about the most successful foreign investor from the U.S. named Bill Browder, who went to Russia and basically made a ton of money. But that's not really what the whole. So he he does that, but then but then all obviously all the Russian oligarchs want to kill him. Putin wants to kill him, and so it's like. It's his altercation with the entire Russian government being a foreign investor and also then coming back to the U.S. and pushing the U.S. to make some laws against Russia. So it goes into politics, to all these politics in Russia and like Soviet Russia and the Eastern Bloc and all this, all this, these <laughs> countries that you're just like Bratislava, basically. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It takes you into the world of basically Bratislava and these countries, right? And it also takes you into the world of high finance. Which I guess there's this other world going on that we're just us normals are not a part of at all. But people that make tons and tons of money, that's what they do. Basically, we're all being controlled by like a handful of people that make tons and tons. Yeah. So basically, there's just like yeah, exactly. There's a handful of people. They have meetings all the time. They have like conferences that aren't even I haven't even heard of. I mean, it's so. But it's like crazy. And it's like also shows the marriage of money and politics, which are right. which are just completely married. And he like takes you into it because so he owned the like the best hedge fund that was investing in basically countries like Bratislava and Russia. Okay. And so he gets to go to all these high finance meetings where there's like Russian oligarchs there, then and there's like the Russian, you know, finance minister there, and they're at these conferences, and it's like shows you this crazy marriage. It's amazing. Takes I mean, you in a crazy world. The second half of the book reads it's, like a thriller. It's basically like a movie thriller. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then the second half where he goes back to the U.S. government, takes you inside the U.S. government where you're going to see some familiar faces. And you're yeah. going to be like, whoa, that dude. Whoa. That dude's popped up. You're yeah. going to see some familiar face, faces. And he is not uh, the dude who, who it's about, who also wrote it, Bill, Bill Browder. Browder. He is not afraid to criticize some politicians Yeah, uh, harshly. You also get to see a lot of the corruption and how that works in Russia and how just fucked up it is. Right. And then, but then when he goes to the U.S. government, you also see a lot of problems there. Yeah, definitely. So it was it was super interesting. It reads like a thriller, but it's also like you will learn a ton. Yeah. Um, why is it called Red Notice? It's called Red Notice because that is the thing that Interpol gives you when you're an international criminal. Yes. Basically, and Russia pushed for him to get a red notice. Right, I had no idea what Interpol was before this. Right, it goes into all that sick shit. Basically, there's basically if you have a ton of money, you just like doors are open for you internationally. If you have a ton of money, it's crazy. You get to go to these. You get to make plays internationally. If you have a ton of money, you get to you get invited to things that like we've never heard of. But it's just basically yeah, like never a money. Heard of. It's the money conference where you get to like Geneva, make. The, yeah, you get to make more money with people that are really powerful together. It's like I have a ton of money. You get invited to sick ass parties. Yeah, sick money. You just go In to exotic money stuff. locations. You just go to money stuff. Right, but then like also when you have a ton of money, like some governments are out to to get you. Right, to kill you, actually. Right, or if you have a small Amazon business, some governments are out to get you. How would you know about that? Yeah, okay, UK government. Come on. I mean, I mean really? The UK government is, I mean, out, really? is out to get Noah's I mean, Amazon. I mean, company. really? I mean, really? He's being sued by the UK government. Great. Okay, hey. Yeah. For our last section, Adam. Yep. Called Sick Shit. Sick Shit. Okay. I'm excited for this section. What, what, do, you, what do you have for us? All right, for, so first Sick Shit, I did a TV show. And obviously, since this was a general category... I had to really like this TV show to recommend it. And it's something that I've watched really recently. We are not watchers, just to make that clear. No, can you explain that? Yeah, so so me and Adam 
I don't get relaxed when I watch something. Some people relax to watch something. The only thing I can watch is the, is um. Actually, I don't want to say it because you might say it as your as your sick shit thing. No, no, I'm not going to. Okay, guarantee. The you. only thing that I can watch is the English Premier League soccer. Right. That's the only thing that I can watch. My girlfriend wishes that I would watch something. I can't watch anything. It doesn't relax me. Watching stuff relaxes people. For me, I just sit there and think about all the all the shit I have to do. Exactly. I have to play something. I need something that's like very engaging. I don't know why. So it has to be a really special event for you to be a watcher. Right. I, I haven't. That's why we didn't have a TV section really in here because I haven't watched any. Right. So I have the same problem. So we have to plan a watch night where I have to sit down and watch something with my with my partner. Right. Cause in, she cause In order to get the... Yeah. To have her get some enjoyment out of it. So one thing I keep seeing on Netflix is a show, Cobra Kai, which is a sequel to The Karate Kid. Wow, you can recommend this. And it's a TV show. And I, we were watching it as kind of a joke at first, but it is so damn good. I really like it. And, and the best thing about it is it's super light. It is light. It's not that deep. It just moves and it's really, it's fun and it's good. It's, do, yeah. Do I have, so here's my problem with that. Do I have to watch the Karate Kid? No. I've never seen that. No. Here's what you need to know about the Karate Kid. Okay. Daniel LaRusso. Okay. Crane Snake kicks Johnny Lawrence in the face at the end. Okay, that's it. Basically, Daniel LaRusso, the Karate Kid's mentee, he wins the fight at the end. That's all you have to know. Okay. Okay? So what turns out in this sequel, it's a deconstruction of the whole world of the Karate Kid. It's unbelievable. So smart. So Johnny Lawrence, he's kind of becomes, he loses the fight. And in adulthood, it's by the way, it's the same actors that play both parts. And they're so good. That's um, really funny. Yeah. So Daniel LaRusso, right? He becomes a car salesman, but he owns kind of like a luxury car empire in LA. He won the fight and it turns out he's kind of a douche. He gives people a bonsai when they buy his cars. <laughs> like he hands them a bonsai, like it's super douchey, right? <laughs> and then Johnny Lawrence, the guy who lost the fight so from, from the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. He is like a board. He's like an alcoholic. He's working like odd jobs. He's kind of like down in his luck. Right. But one thing about the show that I absolutely love is that the guy who plays Johnny Lawrence is like an alcoholic Paul Walker. He's fantastic. Also, for Californians who could pinpoint it, he has the absolute perfect LA accent. He has a real LA accent. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I do. Where they use like, it's the words that they use and it's the way that they, they, the inflection of their voice. It's a real LA accent. It's amazing. It sounds like Paul Walker. Um, it's a really simple show, but it does like the simple things really well. You know, like Daniel LaRusso ends up t- training Johnny Lawrence's strange son. And guess what? His daughter and the son have like a little thing together. And it's like really simple, but it works really well. And it's a really sick show. I can't believe you're recommending it. On I know. Shit. You, so you do like it. Also, yeah. Also, the thing I like about the show is that I like shows that are modern. I think that it's hard to make a show based in the now now because of the cell phones, the internet. So this show integrates cell phone, internet, laptop phone really well i do like i like that a lot when they do that i just want to say too we are not watchers so for adam to recommend a tv show it's yeah it means it's good also an interesting thing about the show the gener it does a generation gap between generation x and generation z so the generation a little bit younger than us and and not the baby boomers our parents but the generation below them so it does like an x to z it's kind of a different dynamic um it's really interesting to look at x to sorry x to z X to Z is the two below us? The generation after the baby boomers yes. is X. Baby, okay. Okay. And then the generation below us is Z. So X is X are the parents to Z. 
X or is the that what you're saying? Yeah, X or the parents. Oh, Z. that's cool. So that's they different. also, yeah, like an older X might have a millennial, but they usually have Z. And like Z, they're even more, they're just like, turn what we had in high school. Like maybe some people had cell phones. We we didn't until later in high school. Turn that up to like a thousand with the internet and everything. You can imagine going to high school now. But the parents are also like a little more versed in the kind of technology than our parents are. I think, I like for me, that is like so fascinating. I don't know why, because I'm weird. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's like a different dynamic between parent and kids than what we had. I want to say too. Yeah. When we get a producer. Yep. Okay. I always want it, I've always wanted it to be a Gen Z. Someone that's like 21, 22. Yep. You know what I mean? So they can bring the young in. Bring the young in. You know what I mean? And we can yell at them. Just, you know what I mean? Kind of hit them with things, right? Things that you can't say. Now. And we can Just be like, bring the we young. Can be bring like the, the young old, we can be the old men. They can be the young man. We're already there. Okay. We're already there. So that it's Cobra Kai. It's on Netflix. And it's a great show. Cool. Okay, what's your sick shit? Hey, guys, I need everyone to listen up for a second. I'm about to, I'm, you're about to know what this is. What is, is it? A, I'm about to save everyone, okay? Approximately 15 minutes of, of every day, all right? No. I need you guys no. to do this, okay? And I'm going to prove it. Adam, you can be the uh, antagonist for this if you want. I'll prove to you why you need don't it. Say, don't say meditating. Okay. Oh, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Our, our relationship with meditating is so confusing. I don't, I don't, I don't even, know where, I don't are, know where I'm at with it. I don't know where we are. I just tell us that we meditated for about five. I've meditated for like five years. We both meditated for I, it. I definitely in a worse place than when I started. I guarantee you. I am in a, a worse guarantee. place about meditating than when I started. I cannot tell if it's effective. And now I just stress out about it and yep. I'm, I'm not sure what to do. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. What, what is this that I'm talking about? Okay. Let me ask the listener. How many times, I'm ready for this, how many times do you have to reset your password to something? Oh my God. Every All single the time. dime. It's part of logging in. Literally, part of logging how in many times do you hit reset my password because I don't remember what it was? It's part of logging in. Okay, listener, how many times do you do that? Do you do that every day? Because I was doing that every day. Okay, and that takes like 15 minutes and it blows. Yeah. Okay, so Adam, let me ask you a question. In the last three months, mm-hmm, how many passwords and usernames do you think that I've used? How many unique different passwords and usernames have I used for all the different apps and shit that I have? How many have you used, Noah? Because I know the answer. It's one. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, I've used one. But oh, I mean, like, how many do you have stored in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, sorry. You probably have, like, 50. Okay. <laughs> I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. Let me tell you guys something. I have a, I have, I have 152 Unique usernames and passwords. And I guarantee that you guys do too. They probably don't have that many if nope, they're not just, running an online business. Okay. They probably don't have that many, but they have a lot. You you have way more than you think. Yeah. Okay. When you're just like, oh shit, I need this. And I need this. And I need this. So no wonder you forget your passwords all the time. Yeah. Okay. In modern society, you need like a password manager. And no, I'm, they're not paying. They're not paying me to say this. So, so I am just saying it out of, out of my own free will. Um, I love this thing. It saves me time, hassle every single day. Here's the thing. It's called, okay, it's called LastPass, all right? Mm-hmm. And it, it remembers your passwords for every single website that you go to. It also auto-generates passwords for you. It fixes your password problem, okay? And here's what you might say. You might say, hey, I have Google Chrome. I have auto-password on Google Chrome. Why would I need LastPass, okay? Let me tell you about your Chrome password. Please tell us why. Here's why you need it, okay? Although Chrome pretends that it has an auto-password, what that thing actually is, is it's a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. And it doesn't save your passwords correctly. It gives you the wrong password per thing. Also, if you have a Windows 10, you can't e- you can't even go onto it and access it. It's a piece of shit that pretends that it's an, that it's a, that's a password thing. 
okay? It is not a real password thing. It fucking sucks, okay? If you want something that's really good, then do LastPass and save yourself literally all the hassle of resetting a million passwords <laughs> all the fucking time. And let me, let me say something else too, okay? Adam refuses yeah. to use this. No, I actually have it, Noah. You fucking I have it. Okay, I have it. it I, fights, oh, so now you're using it. It fights my Google Pass, my will, Chrome uh, password yes, manager. Chrome is such a piece of shit that it will try and stop you from efficiently using other apps that will... That it stops will. me from trying to live my life. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, yeah. LastPass is unbelievable. Adam's refusal to use it for a while. Also here's, here's the thing. Adam, when someone asks me... You know when someone asks you for your username and login? Adam, when someone asks me that I need like your password for this, Yeah. what happens? You just send it to me right away. I send it to you right away. It's like magic. So not honestly. only does does your you not knowing your login affect you, it actually makes you look really bad in front of all your other colleagues and coworkers because you forget it all the time. So what if you were the dude who never ever forgot username and password and gets sent, someone asks him what's the username and password? You're like, I got it for you. Two seconds. Boom. Honestly, yeah, that's what it makes me do. Okay, that was a fantastic read. Thank you. For Last pass. Okay. I totally agree. It with wasn't you a read it for last pass, but, but, yeah, but <laughs> it yeah. is great. And I, I'm really glad we got to end this great podcast on can a I just, password manager. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. About, one more thing about it. How much do you think it is a month? What is it? I'll tell you. Nine ninety nine. It's fucking free. Jesus. All right. So this is literally a free thing that will save you time and make you look cool in front of your colleagues. Also, the other thing I needed to touch on, I'll mention. Mr. Coffee Warmer. Okay, it's fucking winter. It's cold. In, it's cold inside, okay? You probably have a mug of coffee. You're like, this thing gets cold in two seconds. Get yourself a Mr. Coffee Coffee Warmer. It's like seven it's like bucks. Seven dollars. And I've used mine for like five years. Yeah. So if I'm using it right now, I'm touching it right now. It's just a hot pad for your coffee. Okay, it's so you don't dope. have to drink it that fast. Um, Noah. Yeah. Nice. Way to cue that one. That's just like last pass queuing up my passwords right when I need them. Opal kimono. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Um, I, I'm just looking back through our recommendations. I'm just floored, honestly, by how much inside time we've had the last year. <laughs> That's literally what I thought about too. So I think that you guys, when you, you are listening to these recommendations and we'll post them in document form online, you should know that we have watched and listened and played a lot of shit in the last year. So these recommendations are some real fucking shit for you. And they're all really good. So check them out. I like that a lot. I just want, yeah, I want to say to the people, okay, I know, guess we've had a lot of inside time. Yeah. And, and I got news for you. We're, we're about to, we're about we're to have a bit we're more. Just, we're just going to keep going also, with it. Get outside. Go for some hikes. Yeah, go for some hikes. Try and be outside. But, but you know, it's a Rona winter. So we're just going to keep going being inside. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe play Dominion with your family. Play Scythe with your boys. Play XCOM by yourself. Mm-hmm. Read. I hope that these things can uh, can help you guys. Uh, shout out to Sarah and all of her boyfriends. I want to say one. I'm, I'm sorry. If anyone wants to get at me on FIFA, yeah, you want to play a game. My my username is the Kush Knight. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to send me a friend request and let's play FIFA if you play. Shout out to Sarah and all of her great boyfriends. Shout out to As Sarah. Usual, shout out to the couch where I've sat playing all these games. You suck. You're the worst couch. I can't wait to get rid of you. Absolutely. I can't wait to get Noah's old couch. And honestly, yeah, I want to shout out LastPass, which has, Stop which has it. fucking fixed. Stop it. Chrome. Okay. I, and I want to de-shout out Chrome Auto Password, which is a Fuck joke, you, a piece Password. of shit joke. It doesn't work. Guys. We love you guys.
guys, if you like this podcast, if you learned anything from the last few podcasts, if you got any kind, if you did some laundry, if you went to sleep listening to us, if it helped you in any way, what would really help us is to leave a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. We really would love the help. Now, my